Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Nancy Mayer. And Nancy is a true leader and business builder. She does this through building innovative strategic plans, sponsorship programs, high-performing teams, and advisory boards. She is also a rebel and offers the wisdom of unconventional experience. As a serial entrepreneur, she has built and scaled many businesses in a variety of sectors, including arts and entertainment, media, nonprofits, manufacturing, motorcycles, and most recently, software development. Nancy offers a unique combination of traditional and cutting-edge business development tools and techniques, from proven concepts from MBA school to the latest ideas from the lean and agile communities. She is passionate about the trends that are fundamentally changing the way business gets done, visual thinking, design thinking, and gamification. Nancy and I also had the pleasure of initially meeting in a group that we belong to for high performers. And when I first met Nancy, all I knew when I met her was like, she was one of those people that I wanted to be linked with for life, like pinky swear linked for life. And she became a client of mine at one point, And we've played together in uh, training rooms across a variety of locations in the world, and we've had so much fun. And she also is a fellow hula hooper. And Nancy is one of those people that when you just get near her, all you want to do is just enjoy and have fun and play. So I'm just so grateful, Nancy, that you're here today and that you're here to play with me on the Wickedly Smart Women podcast. Welcome. Well, I'm so happy to be here to play with you. And thank you so much for having me. Well, I want to start, Nancy, by discovering from you, like, what inspired you to become a leader, like, to really step into a leadership role? Uh, Were you, like, the kid that was always organizing things on the playground, or is this something that kind of you grew into? I kind of grew into it, but it's one of those things where I always love to make things happen. It's not always about having all the money that you need. It's about knowing what the resources are and how to be resourceful. So I guess I was always resourceful and then I always liked to play. (laughs) So maybe there was an element on the playground where I'm going, hey, come on and do this. And and even in in university, you know, it was kind of fun. I would do table arranging in the pub (laughs) just to make sure (laughs) that everybody you know got together and we had a bigger group and we had better conversations and so I don't know it's just something I guess I make friends easily and I love people 
I think that's important. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So, you know, one of the things that you do as a business builder, I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about kind of specifically, you've, you've been across a number of different industries. Like what are the people or the organizations that that you really have a space in your heart for serving? Like, are, are we talking, you know, two to 500 employee mid-size or small businesses? Are we talking entrepreneurs who are, you know, maybe in startup phase? Are we talking, you know, I don't know, Procter & Gamble? Like, where's your sweet spot? Well, I mean, it started really with artists. And they say that at 12 years old, you kind of already know what you want to do. And all I remember is having a little transistor radio stuck to my ear. And I was going, I'm going to be picking hits. Like, I love music. I always, always, always love dancing. As you well know, we dance a lot together whenever mm -hmm. we're together. I consider myself an opportunist in the most positive sense of the word. And my biggest opportunity was my father was a professor. So I had an opportunity for free education and ended up doing my MBA in arts administration and international business. But even before I got to the MBA, when I did my undergraduate, I had all these dreams and visions of having bands touring all over the world. So I got into economics because I wanted to be able to play the arbitrage game because I was going to take all the advances that I got from all the bands, put it in the arbitrage market, make money doing that, as well as computer sciences. So I was kind of fascinated uh, very early on. I mean, in fact, when I started, we were doing punch cards. <laughs> I mean, it was like really old school computers, but I wanted to control them before they controlled us. And, you know, I even remember I had one of the very, 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 very first ever little Mac book. It, like it was just like a little Mac and I had like a, a 10 megabytes extended hard drive. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I mean, now that's just like nothing. But uh, yeah, so there was just an element of that. And my first summer job was, I read this article on this woman who was an independent radio promoter, and uh, she just was such an inspiration. So I did whatever I had to do to get a meeting with her. And she goes, oh, I'm not sure if I can afford to hire you. And I gave her all the information on the government program that would pay for me to work with her. And uh, we eventually became partners. And uh, so that's how I got started in the music industry. And of all the, the arts, I was started with the commercial arts and music, film and television. And music was like by far my number one love. So that's how I kind of got involved in the music industry and then managing bands, you know, like I <laughs> love talking about leadership. I mean, it's, you know, there's herding kittens and then there's working the music industry, <laughs> but I just loved, love, love working with the artists and in the music industry and as manager, you're like managing all the other people, like the publicist and the record company and the publisher and the talent agent and the rest of the band and all that kind of stuff. So I was always kind of very project oriented. So that's kind of how it all started. My other big passion was riding motorcycles. I, I think I, have, I can't remember ever not, not riding a motorcycle. And that was kind of fun because I got into event management in the music industry and helped them transform from like a small national to a huge international Canadian music week just by repositioning them. And as a manager, my, I guess that leadership role was I said, 
if we're going to help Canadian artists be more successful, we're going to have to teach them how to get out of Canada because we could go to Boston and sell more. There's more people in Boston than there is across the whole country. And it's a very big country and it's very expensive to tour. And so uh, it was a great opportunity. We started bringing in people from the U.S., from the U.K., and some of the bigger music markets, Europe, and it just grew. And it's kind of now on par with South by Southwest. So that was fascinating and then there's this uh, event called the ride for sight which is the longest running motorcycle charity event in the world and my girlfriend who worked at sony we saw an opportunity they were like bringing in these really kind of crappy bands and they're in canada there's so many great classic rock bands and and bikers or motorcyclists are very brand loyal so we started just as a volunteers in the entertainment and started bringing in some big name bands. And the next thing you know, I was a national event manager. And I can proudly say, you know, from a leadership position, I was able to take them from 600,000 to 1.3 million in, in two years. And that was really by empowering the different teams because I was managing teams of volunteers, which is very different than managing teams of people that, that, that you pay, right? Mm -hmm. And empowering them, coming up with very strategic communication systems so that you had the executive groups, you had the thought leaders, and then you had all the writers. And by just tapping into the thought leaders and understanding how powerful word of mouth is, especially in the motorcycle industry, before I even got to certain events, they already knew and they had shared it with everyone. So you were the queen of social media before there was social media. <laughs> <laughs> and then the crazy thing happened, which was one of the gentlemen that was helping out with the, the merchandising for the events became my boyfriend and he got a motorcycle. And, and I guess I've been like an indirect problem solver. I mean, what business isn't about problem solving? And, you know, what I'm sure we'll get into play because as far as I'm concerned, play is essential in business. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons, the first reason is because it makes you more creative, which leads to innovation. But the second thing is like kids learn how to problem solve through games and play and puzzle. And I mean, what business isn't about solving a problem. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you know, you said social media, it, kids learn how to become socialized, how to play well together mm -hmm. through games and play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially in this disconnected world, and as we're coming out of COVID, I think it's just going to be so important that we inject play back in to our lives mm. because it's going to help us become socialized. Yeah, um, again. Well, I want to I want to stop you for a second because <laughs> I want to I want to make sure that our listeners are actually getting an opportunity to really digest some of the things that you just said. So one of the things I want to underscore is that you've always been an opportunist. Another thing that I want to underscore is that you had dreams and visions and you went for them. And then the final thing I want to underscore is that you were resourceful in multiple ways. You were resourceful with your social capital. You were resourceful with your intellect. You were resourceful with your joie de vivre. And you were also willing to explore multiple and kind of create a fusion of multiple interests. I mean, there's a huge difference between the music industry, arbitrage, and computer science, but you like <laughs> mashed it together like some Asian, Italian, I don't know, 
uh, Asian, Italian, Indian fusion kind of food thing and, and have successfully been able to like really play with your own potential, Nancy. And so I just want to really underscore that for our listeners. And we did talk a little bit about play. We're already at the break amazingly enough. So when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more about play and we will let people know where they can find out more about you. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. Play with us. If you are enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. And in fact, I noticed the other day we're three reviews shy of 100 five-star reviews. So I am definitely calling you out to help me out there to get us over the 100. And hopefully by the time this uh, this show airs, we'll be well beyond that. But I do want to shout out today to our listeners. Uh, we are now downloading in 84 countries. So I'm going to shout out today to our listeners in Aruba, uh, to our listeners in Utah, where Nancy is, and also to our listeners up north of New Hampshire here in Canada, where Nancy came from. And we will be right back with Nancy Mayer. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Nancy Mayer. You can actually find out more about Nancy and how she serves the variety of organizations that she's willing to play with at powerplayps.com. Powerplayps.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. So before we went to the break, Nancy, we were just celebrating how willing you are to play with all of the possibilities. And we were talking a little bit about play. So I'd love to have you speak about what you're playing with now, who you're playing with now, how you're playing in the work that you do in the world. I guess I'm kind of known for three pillars. The first one is visual thinking. So I use a lot of canvases, like the business model canvas, the value proposition canvas, a lot of mapping, a lot of stickies, a lot of just getting it out of your head, putting it on the wall so that you can have a shared language and a shared understanding. That is just so important when you're having any kind of conversation. Then design thinking. And this whole idea, I've been playing with it for a long time, but that's where innovation comes from. And it's about prototyping your business idea. 
don't fall in love with your first idea because it's probably not the best idea. And once you have those ideas, people I like to play with the most are the customers. Everyone says how customer centric they are, but they might not actually be talking to their customers. So I do a lot of customer advisory boards and we use things like innovation games, discovery games, where literally in an hour, you can uncover the number one problem that you solve would give that, that company the biggest bang for the buck. Then there's shaping games where you let the customer kind of help you prioritize, but also give you ideas that you might not otherwise have thought of. And then the last types of games that I, that I play a lot with customers are called prioritization games. So basically, what are the next features or benefits, things you want to bring out and give them some money, but not enough money to buy everything. And they will tell you very quickly. Now, the interesting thing is when they buy something virtually, they get a dopamine release. And once they get that dopamine release, it actually increases their propensity to buy your product when it does come out because they want to replicate that feeling. Mm. And then the last part is the gamification. So you and I kind of have understand that there's actually three very different levels of gamification. There's the ones that most people are familiar with, which is challenge, achievement, reward. And it's around behavioral modification. And you see it a lot in loyalty programs. And it can work really, really well. But I think what I'm playing with more now is how do you customize those rewards because different things motivate different people, mm. right? And then the next level is what I call collaborative games where you're all working together to solve a problem. You can think of uh, teams. And then the last one, which is a little harder and not everyone's as open to it, but that's that experiential games where you actually dress up or play in a safe environment. And, and as you know, it's not necessarily how you play, but it's the debrief that's so important. Like, how did you play? And to learn those lessons in a safe environment so that you don't make those mistakes when you go out into the real world. And it's just so empowering. And sometimes it takes a long time for it to kind of incubate to get those aha moments. But, um, you know, on the game side, I also, there's things like, Lego serious play. There's, there's all these different things, but I want people to remember that it's not what you build or what you choose or what you draw. It's the stories that you tell. Mm. And, you know, everything's really about stories and communication and understanding and, and allowing others to uncover their own potential. So sometimes I really think I'm more of a facilitator than anything else. And would, it, would it be fair to say, Nancy, that the stories that we tell are the places where we're giving meaning to, to what's going mm -hmm. on? And Definitely. so, and whenever we give meaning, whatever we give meaning to is what we make matter. And sometimes we make matter dysfunctional behaviors as business owners too. So mm -hmm. would you speak a little bit about maybe your own journey in business as a businesswoman, as a business owner, and talk a little bit about, you know, your story. And if you are open, incorporate any parts of the story where you feel like, yeah, I, I gave, I made something matter that probably it would have been better for me not to make matter. Yeah, the way I'd like to kind of approach that, because just before we came into the break, and that is, yes, I've done many different things, but 
one of the reasons I've done so many different things is because failure is a gift. And uh, that is one of my motivational talks because what I thought mattered when it all fell apart, I realized that something more mattered. So, and, and, and I think your, your audience will like this. Like when I was younger, I would be at meetings and there would be gurus and shamans and whatever. And they'd come over to me and they'd tell me all this stuff. And I go, oh, that's fascinating. I'll look at that when I make a million dollars. Well, my first business failure, I lost everything. And all that wisdom that they had given me at that time, I then no longer thought it. I felt it, right? So there was so much around living in the moment. You can't change the past. Like someone from AA was giving me advice. Like all these different people were giving me advice, but it was that opportunity to actually live it and Yes, I've done a lot of unconventional things, but none of those would have happened. So there, there is some magic about learning from your mistakes and that detachment, not how you're going to get there. But if that happens to you, embrace it and, and, and follow where it goes and don't resist or you know, resist for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome lesson. You know, one of, one of the things that's interesting is I've been doing a lot of talking on clubhouse lately. And one of the things that I've been bringing to the table is talking about investing, investing in a mentor, investing in a consultant, investing in a co coach, you know, can call it a consultant. I call myself a consultant. You're a consultant. I consider you a consultant. Mm. Some people call themselves coaches or mentors. And what's really, you know, one of the messages that I try to bring to people is when you invest to work with me, you're actually receiving 13 years of mistakes in a, you know, 90 day intensive. You're receiving the benefit of 13 years of mistakes and successes, both. You're mm -hmm. getting the benefit mm -hmm. of both of those things. And you're also yeah. getting the benefit of all the investments financially that I've made in myself and in my own business. So whatever the offer is, whatever the dollar amount of the offer is, is minuscule relative to what I bring to the table. So we've got about four or five minutes left, Nancy. I want to talk briefly about how you help your clients to develop their business and make more money because that's one of the things that's what business development means is mm -hmm. making like business is a, that's the purpose right of business is getting that well, score in the bank account right well my my biggest secret best kept secret whatever really is uh, advisory boards asking for help but doing it in a formalized way bringing brilliant minds together, you know, because you can get your business up to a certain level and you get stuck in your business and you want to work on your business. So if you can actually form an advisory board, first thing you're going to do is you're going to create that space for them to help you. The other magic happens when you do it with a group of people, right? So you can be very strategic about building your advisory board, or it could be a peer advisory board. I mean, there's lots of different opportunities. I mean, I call the old style mastermind a peer advisory board where you're helping each other, but yeah, together we're more powerful than apart. And Angel, if it's just you and me, we create a third brain, but if we bring in other wickedly smart women, we're going to get some magical solutions that we would never, ever have had without that mind. Yeah, that collected mind field, that exactly, collected mind field. Exactly, yeah. and, and, 
And just to ask, because you know what? There's so many amazing people and they want to give back, but you've just never given them a vehicle to give back. Nice. But, but if you're going to do it, be very, very mindful. The one thing that I would say is preparation. Make sure that you give them the challenge statements that you want to be working on. So when you do have that amount of amazing minds around the table, they're prepared and they're going to come up with a solution. So you're listening 80% of the time and only talking 10, 20%. You don't want to do PowerPoint, PowerPoint. What do you guys think? Validate my brilliance. You really want to shut up, be a thousand and one percent present at that table with those people and let the magic happen. Yes, I love that. So I want to ask you, Nancy, one last thing. And that is, I hear that you have a book coming out. Is mm -hmm. the book about the advisory board process? Or yeah, is it, it is. It's called ah, The Advisory Board Playbook. <laughs> oh, yay. I'm so glad. So so that book should be out by the time this, uh, mm -hmm. this episode airs. And it will definitely be out if you're binge listening to this episode after we air it. And so I love that. And I encourage our listeners to get a hold of The Advisory Board Playbook from Nancy. And is there anything else that you want to say before we close, Nancy, to our Wickedly Smart Women listeners all around the world? I love you all, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's just... <laughs> ask for help, ask for help, ask for help is what I'm hearing. But the, I mean, there is an interesting statistic, which is less than 6% of small to medium-sized businesses have a formalized advisory boards. And the ones that do are seeing triple the amount of sales double the amount of productivity, which is a huge impact on profitability. So we are all one, we're together. So go out there, ask, bring people together and uh, use that collective intelligence to make the world a better place. Because I, I think, you know, there's some wickedly tough questions that these wickedly smart women can help solve. And I really do think it's going to be the women who are going to be the biggest part of a more love-based solution. Mm hmm. Beautiful. Well, I want to say vroom vroom for that. <laughs> I want to give you the motorcycle vroom vroom. And I also want to shout out that Nancy actually off to the side has a fun little thing about manifesting if you're looking for a man that she shared with me as well. And it's part of her visual thinking process that she uses. So she is a lovely and amazing human being. And she is here to be a facilitator for a lot more fun and a lot more funds in your business. And I can tell you, if you bring her in, it will be like shaking a little bit of chili powder into the pot. And uh, uh, I love rebels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do the same thing. I'm not like, you know, uh, business should be fun. Let's be rebellious and have a ton of fun. Awesome. All right, beautiful lady. Well, we are at the end. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes. And send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback, 
and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.